the podcast that is now called Paideia originally started as Storytime. So you might hear the podcast referred to as Storytime in this episode, but you are listening to Paideia with Cassie Michael. Hello, it's Storytime and this is Cassie. Today we'll be reading and talking about Chapter 7, Salamander, of Ender's Game. Looking forward to it. So, a recap of everything that happened in Chapter 7. This was a longer chapter than the previous chapters have been. Um, And the main thing um, is that... Um, Ender was moved up from his launch class to the Salamander Army. Now, most people don't get to move up until they're eight, and Ender is still six. Um, and so that's a big deal. So Ender moves, um, to the Salamander Army, um, and... The Salamander army is not happy about it. Ender hasn't been trained. He doesn't know how to do things. Um, And so they don't use Ender. Ender sits out during training um, and he waits until the last minute to enter during battles. Um, He does make a friend with Petra, one of the Um, only girls in the battle school. Um, She's a tune leader and she helps him learn and helps him practice. Um, Ender had made friends with Ally um, and so he also um, practices with his old launch group to help learn the skills that he is lacking. Um, And Ender takes an opportunity to He takes an opportunity to study the leadership of his army um, while he is sitting out. Um, Bonso is the commander, the leader of the army, and um, Ender studies him. Um, The Salamander army goes in battle against um, the Rat army, the Condor army, um, and another army, and each time Ender is ordered not to shoot. And for the most part, he follows orders, um, until he shoots. And when he shoots, he makes the battle a draw instead of a loss. And then Bonso is mad and he hits Ender, um, and Ender is traded from the Salamander Army to the Rat Army. Alright, so some questions um, that came up while reading. First, um, from the very beginning of the chapter, um, each chapter opens with a conversation between unnamed characters who I've come to um, view or know as 
the leaders um, and perhaps even the teachers of the school. And so I'll read a little bit. Isn't it nice to know that Ender can do the impossible? The players' deaths have always been sickening. I've always thought the giant's drink was the most perverted part of the whole mind game. But going for the eye like that? This is the one we want to put in command of our fleet? What matters most is that he won the game that couldn't be won. I suppose you'll move him now. We were waiting to see how he handled the thing with Bernard. He handled it perfectly. So as soon as he can cope with the situation, you move him to one he can't cope with. Doesn't he get any rest? He'll have a month or two, maybe three, with his launch group. That's really quite a long time in a child's life. Does it ever seem to you that these boys aren't children? I look at what they do, the way they talk, and they don't seem like little kids. That almost to me, like that what I just read, um, does it ever seem to you that all these boys aren't children? That seems like that's something the readers of this book might be thinking. Yeah, these characters don't seem like kids. And as I read, I know like I should be visualizing kids as I read because they are kids. But that's not what I'm envisioning because the voice and the thoughts of the characters don't match with what I know about kids. So like... I definitely connected to that line a lot. They're the most brilliant children in the world, each in his own way. But shouldn't they still act like children? They aren't normal. They act like history. Napoleon and Wellington, Caesar and Brutus. We're trying to save the world, not to heal the wounded heart. You're too compassionate. General Levy has no pity for any All the videos say so, but don't hurt this boy. Are you joking? I mean, don't hurt him more than you have to. So that intro made me wonder, is it ever necessary to hurt somebody? And when thinking about them, yes. Sometimes it is to a person's benefit to hurt them. Vaccines, momentary pain, but you're protected against diseases that could kill you. Um, and like other medical procedures in general, um, sometimes they hurt you, but you benefit from them. Um, sometimes you're hurt by um, a relationship ending or someone ending a relationship, or you're ending a relationship, but setting that boundary, while it may cause pain, in the long run, it might be beneficial for you. Um, and failure is painful and it can hurt, but failure can you can learn a lot from that and you can learn a lot from the mistakes you made and 
failure can make you resilient and persistent. Um, and failure might be a fact of life. And, you know, trying to um, have children avoid failure um, so that they avoid the pain of failure almost harms them in the long run because then they don't know how to deal with failure. Um, I think we're all going to experience pain and we're all going to be hurt in life. And so if we experience it, um, while we have adults who can help us regulate our emotions and help us learn how to deal with it, and if we feel these emotions and this pain in a safe space um, that nurtures us and helps us, then we'll be better prepared in life. So in like this safe environment, um, some low stakes um, failure or like low stakes pain um, might benefit people. I don't know if it's necessary, though, and I think that if you can reach the same outcome or the same goal without hurting someone, that is always the better option. So, this chapter is really about transition, as Ender transitions from being in with his launch class, being a launchy to being in the Salamander Army. Um, and Boneso transitions from having this specific group of people in his army to now having Ender, and he has to figure out what to do with that. Um, and so what do transitions teach us, and what do we learn from transitions? Um, and in this, I've seen Ender adapt. Um, he's in a situation and his needs and his wants of wanting to be trained are not being met. Um, Boneso won't teach him and won't help him gain the skills that he's lacking. So Ender's sitting out of training and of battles where he should be learning and he doesn't have the skills and like that makes sense so um ender adapts to this and is creative and he works in his free time with his launchies to learn these skills and to try new things and he finds a friend who will work with him after breakfast to help him get the skills he needs so Ender, I see, is adaptable, um, and I see him being also, like, hardworking and persistent, and, um, he's just trying to do the next right thing, and so I think transitions can teach us to adapt, and, Maybe they teach us a little bit of flexibility, um, and I think adaptability and 
flexibility are going to be really important qualities for Ender um, as he's being designed to be this um, military leader. And I think they're really important qualities in any leader. Um, which leads me to my next question. What makes a good leader? And my best answer to that is that it depends on the context. Um, you know, the people who are closely monitoring Ender and who are making decisions about Ender's life, they're making these decisions to help him develop certain qualities. They're trying to make him like the best military leader they can. So they're looking for different qualities than, say, people who are teaching people how to be teachers would be looking for, or people who are learning how to, someone who's teaching chefs how to be chefs would be looking for. So I think being a good leader depends on the context. Um, and, you know, when Ender is being moved... Um, and he finds out he's being moved. He's talking to Ally. Um, Ally hugged him back. I understand them, Ender. You are the best of us. Maybe they in a hurry to teach you everything. They don't want to teach me everything, Ender said. I wanted to learn what it was like to have a friend. I think that... They probably don't want to teach Ender everything. They want to teach him certain things. Um, by moving him up when he hasn't learned um, all the skills he needs to fully participate in the battle maneuvers and in like the training, um, Ender is sitting out and instead of doing schoolwork, he is observing analyzing and strategizing against Bonesaw's leadership. Um, he's learning about leadership by doing that. So um, that might be some valuable lessons for him more than what he would continue to be learning with his launch group. Um, and you know, Ender says, I wanted to learn what it was like to have a friend. He has friends, and the next moment, the goodbye between Ally and Ender, it's so touching and so sweet and just such a great scene in this chapter. Um, and he makes friends with Petra, um, but I guess he doesn't really have a best friend or, like, a close friend, someone with whom, you know, he is as vulnerable with them as they are with him, and I wonder if the people in charge, the people designing Ender's experiences think that having a friend or having really close friends like that will make 
and are vulnerable or in some way view that as a weakness. But, you know, there are definite decisions about what to teach and what not to. Um, so then that leads me to some themes or just ideas I noticed within this chapter. So one was leadership. Um, in Bonso, um, we see a leader reacting to surprising circumstances. Um, he's surprised that Ender was transferred to him. Um, it's not something he wanted. It's not something he asked for. And he handles it in the best way that he can. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, um, I think, yeah, um, Ender's perception of these events changed. It was a pattern, a ritual. Madrid was not trying to hurt him, merely taking control of a surprising event and using it to strengthen his control of his army. Um, so, Bonso, Madrid, he's making the best of a surprising event. Right now, the world is experiencing a surprising event, an unprecedented pandemic. I mean, we've had pandemics before. Spanish flu, um, HIV AIDS, the swine flu, but not one that's been as impactful or fast moving um, as this um, COVID-19 and coronavirus. And, you know, Bonso, he makes decisions for the good of his army and for the good of their rankings, but not for the good of Ender. Um, he says to Ender, stay out of the way when we're training in the battle room. You have to be there, of course, but you will not belong to any tune and you will not take part in any maneuvers. When we're called to battle, you, you will dress quickly and present yourself at the gate with everyone else, but you will not pass through the gate until four full minutes after the beginning of the game, and then you will remain at the gate with your weapons undrawn and unfired until such time as the game ends. So, this makes sense because Ender doesn't have the skills and he can't be used as an asset, but there's also no plan in here to help Ender gain the skills that he needs to become an asset. Um, and, you know, there was no... It was a snap decision. And sometimes decisions need to be made in an instant. I just wonder if more thought was put into it. If um, Bonso took more time to assess Ender and to talk to him and to see Ender's strengths and weaknesses, if he would have made a different decision. Um, 
And then later in the chapter, Bonso gets mad when and he finds out that Ender is trying to um, train himself and work on these skills um, with his launch group. And he tries to forbid it. Um, and, and Ender makes a good argument and it's not forbidden anymore. Um, I also saw um, vulnerability in this chapter and that was in the lovely goodbye between um, Ally and Ender and Ender thinks back to that sweet memory of his mother um, and like the text says he, um, let's see so Ally suddenly kissed Ender on the cheek and whispered in his ear, Salam, Salam. Then, red-faced, he turned away and walked to his own bed at the back of the barracks. Ender guessed that the kiss and the word were somehow forbidden, a suppressed religion, perhaps, or maybe the word had some private and powerful meaning for Ally alone. Whatever it meant to Ally, Ender knew that it was sacred, that he had uncovered himself for Ender, as once Ender's mother had done. Um, when it says he had uncovered himself for Ender, that's where I see the vulnerability in this. And, you know, that moment just meant so much to Ender. And that moment was how he knew he could return to his launches and um, train with them. And I just think vulnerability is so powerful and can be just so touching and so meaningful. Um, and in this chapter, we haven't really seen... Um, so we have that moment that Ender and Ally share... An ally is being vulnerable, but Ender's not. When he wants to cry, he's still holding it back, and he's not, you know, he's not crying. Um, and he isn't uncovering himself, really, to anyone. Um, I think vulnerability is a good trait in a leader, and I wonder what... Um, the leaders of the school think about vulnerability, and I wonder if it's a trait that they want Ender to learn. Right now, I'm thinking it's not. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if vulnerability is a good trait for a military leader. I think for other types of leaders, for teachers and mentors and, you know, I think it's a great trait. And it's also something that's really hard and that takes a lot of bravery. Um, I just wanted to comment on some of the development that I see in this chapter of Ender. Um, and that is, so after he finds out that he's being transferred, 
um, he doesn't want to go right to his barracks, and so he goes to the game room, and there's a lot of games that he doesn't really want to play, so he goes back to the giant's drink, and there are like two occasions where he wants to be violent, but he doesn't act on that emotion, and he isn't violent. So, earlier in the book, um, right after his monitor's taken out, um, and he gets in that fight at school, he has the emotion, and he has, um, he has these emotions, and he acts on them. And then again, um, in his launch, he has this emotion, and he acts on it, and he breaks Bernard's arm. Um, in this chapter, there's twice where, um, he says, like, he wants to be, or he thinks he wants to be violent, but then he does something else, um, and his actions seem to be a lot more thoughtful and strategic and logical, and he's not acting out of emotion as much. And so that just shows, um his ability to better regulate his emotions. Um, yeah. So, in this chapter, there's a lot of rules and regulations and, um, like, he's forbidden to speak from anyone in another army. Um, you know, um, he couldn't own anything here, not even his desk, um, and, um, you know, there's orders he has to follow, um, and that most of the time he chooses to follow, um, and so that makes sense because the military's thrive off of rules and regulations. Um, but um, I just noticed a bigger emphasis here. And going back to like why he couldn't own anything now, that was really interesting to me. And I wonder why now? Why at this time is that happening? Um, it was just a interesting little thing. So, one last little thing that, like, just caught my eye and caught my attention was, um, when Ender had convinced, um, Boneso to let him continue practicing during free time, free play with his launch group, there's a quote, Bonzo hated him for it, for the kindness. Um, and I just thought, why do we hate it when people are kind to us? Um, and I think it's pride. I think it's pride. You know, we think that we should have been able to do it or we should have been able to do it on our own or that we should have been smart enough to see the argument. So I think it's pride and 
I don't think it's... I wonder if and when um, pride is a useful emotion and yeah. Another thing I see in Bonso thinking about it is he has a lot of ego and it kind of seems like his ego gets in the way of his leadership. You know, at the ending of the chapter, we see that when Ender doesn't follow orders, and so um, the Salamander army is in a draw instead of a complete loss. But Bonzo is upset that Salamander, uh, that um, Ender, <laughs> that Ender didn't follow his orders, and so he goes over and he hits him. Um, he says, you disobeyed me, Bonzo said, loudly for all to hear. No good soldier ever disobeys. Um, even as he cried from the pain, Ender could not help but take vengeful pleasure in the murmurs he heard rising through the barracks. You fool, Bonzo. You aren't enforcing discipline. You're destroying it. They know I turned defeat into a draw. And now they see how you repay me. You made yourself look stupid in front of everyone. What is your discipline worth now? So, you know, we see it there. And, you know, I wonder if it's his ego that was driving his, like, first decision about what to do with um, Ender and his decision to trade Ender instead of trying to work with what he has and, like, try to see what he has in Ender. Um, and I'm wondering now if there's a time when ego ever serves us. Um, yeah. So now, from reading this chapter, something I want to be more intentional about in my own life or be called to in my own life um, is to think about who I'm serving and who is benefiting from decisions I make and try to be more mindful about um, finding solutions or making decisions where everyone is benefited um, not per se equally, but trying to find the best solution. I don't want to be like Bonso and put, um, like the army and like the rankings, um, as like benefiting and then just leaving Ender to fend for himself. Um, I want to be more mindful about, you know making decisions that are for the good of, like, everybody. And that's hard to do, and that's not always possible. Um, but I want to consider it more. So... Again, I have no voicemail, so I'm just going to share 
a random thought I had. Um, so, you know, we get at the beginning of the chapters, um, these conversations between these unnamed characters and like they're in a different font and everything. And so it occurred to me that like this is a different story inside of the story. This is a different perspective of the events that's going on. And um, I think it's really cool that like within one overall story, we can have multiple stories because um, one of my favorite TED Talks is the danger of a single story. And I think it's really cool that we get more than one story. Um, and I think I want to try to start paying attention to how those stories differ and how they're similar and um, pay more attention to how they're in conversation um, as I continue reading. Um, if you ever want to send in a voicemail, um, that would be wonderful. And that's all for this episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for listening, and join me next time for Chapter 8 of Ender's Game. <laughs>